all of our songs were, were oh my gosh, huh? they were just, just, ah. but this one, this one, this one is the, the one that, uh, it won't stop now, I know breakthrough is coming. I wrote it down on a napkin here, so they get me to crying up here. And I, don't, I hope this is uh, indelible ink and it won't run. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. By faith, I see a miracle. You may not realize this, but you are working on something. God is working on something through you and in you. And guess what? It won't stop. It won't stop now. And because the God that I know and love and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says that he will do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the powers that worketh within us. Amen. Hallelujah. That's straight from the throne room of God this morning. Hallelujah. So if you have your Bibles, amen. First Timothy, the book of First Timothy, Hallelujah. the epistle for the Apostle Paul, writing to his son in the church, Timothy, First Timothy chapter 3, amen, hallelujah, First Timothy chapter 3, you can't readily get your hands there on it, Let's check your table of contents, amen, hallelujah, <laughs> First Timothy Chapter 3. I'll just give us all a minute here. That's towards the back there a little bit. It's the New Testament. Yeah, I'm going to give you so that all of us literally, it's good. You know, you probably say this at work. You know, when you're having your team meetings and all of that. Say, look, we all just need to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. right? So let me make sure everybody gets on the same page. All right. Yeah. Make sure that we've got it yes. in one form or another on this morning. The word of the Lord. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. <clears throat> but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, <laughs> comma, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So you say, uh-oh, uh-oh, what do we got? Do we, we, we have a whipping coming this morning? Oh, no, not in the least bit. That thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So, as this relates to the subject today uh, and how we ought us to behave. We can remember in our younger days as children that we were always given instruction by our parents. Listen, you know we're going to this place, you know where we're gonna be, you know what we're supposed to do. You know how to act, you know how to behave. And as I fast forward down, down through the years, even up to this present day in this time, 
a beautiful, lovely wife. She doesn't even want to say in, 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 in general uh, to the grandchildren, and, and I, I guess she's probably talking to me, don't be out there shaming me in the streets. That's right. Shame me in the streets. Don't shame me in the streets. So what does that mean? That means, you know, the rules of conduct, how to, com how to comport yourself. We as people of God, we too have some rules of conduct. We have rules of faith. We have rules of life. And everything that we do as people of God should bring glory to God in every area of our lives. There should not ever be a time or a day when, when uh, we are not bringing glory to God in every area of our lives. How thy oughtest behave. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. In the house of God. One of the things that we should do as people of God is, we say it all the time, we've heard it. Uh, let me just give you the, uh, the title this morning, The Faith-Filled Church. The Faith-Filled Church. You say, well, we have to be faith-filled people of God. And everything that we do as people of God, we are on this journey of faith, are we not? Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it is most necessary for us to, to walk in faith and be a faith-filled believer in Christ. And when we commenced our journey, we commenced it by faith, when we accepted the Lord as our personal saviors. And we continue this journey that we're on by faith. Uh, just kind of a little bit of a pickup where we left off last week. We've come this far by faith. We are continuing this journey by faith. And one day, praise God, we will conclude this journey by faith. Amen. But in the meantime, everybody say in the meantime. in the meantime. Because in the meantime, there's a whole lot of other stuff that we need to be doing for the kingdom of God. Amen. So what I'm saying to you this morning is behave yourself. Because there's a whole lot more to be done. We have to be people of faith. We are saved by faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We stand by faith. We overcome obstacles in our lives by faith as well. We fight by faith. And we achieve the, the victory by faith. We win. Glory be to God. Thank you for helping me out. That's in 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. I'm kind of a little preachy this morning, not teachy, but a little preachy, because I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to get us and, and, and motivate us, you know, build this case up, you know, uh, uh, if you ever watch it, you know, I know you have, and, and watching TV, and there are always good shows on TV, and there was always a lawyer on TV. This morning I want to be Columbo and I want to be a Kojak and I want to be a little bit of Perry Mason and, you know, a little bit of this one, a little bit of that one and all. And build this case and convince you that you need to be more of a faith-filled believer in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> a believer and an atheist were having a debate. 
And the atheist said to the believer, he said, you know, it really doesn't really matter whether a person has a belief system that is biblical or godly. But then this atheist went on to say that the most important thing is that everybody believe in something. I mean, that sounds like a reasonable statement, does it not? The reasonable statement. It's not the ultimate statement. But then this believer... He replied, he says, well, imagine, sir, that you were downtown, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and your car breaks down. You get out of your car, and you hear, you hear these footsteps, and you turn around and look, and you see 10 big young men walking towards you. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then the believer goes on to say, would it make a difference if you knew that they had just come from Bible study? And then, to close out the argument, or the, this discussion, the believer said to the atheist, he says, it does matter what people believe. And praise be to God that we are part of the body of Christ and the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the ground of the truth. Everything that we do has to be rooted and grounded in the word of God. Everything that we believe as people of God has to be rooted and grounded in the word of God. And if there's something that you're not sure about or something that somebody has told you and it does not line up with the word of God, it's not truth. Some of my family love them dearly and they would say back in the day, truth, Bible, and everything. That's what God is. He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life, he's the Bible, the written word, the incarnate word become flesh. He is everything, he is Jehovah Jireh, he is everything that you need him to be. And by the way, Pastor Dora, I love you, amen. When we were praying and we were, we, we were just, you were praying in line with the compound names of God and all of those things were different. Uh, were, were, were certainly not different, but they were right on point. So it does matter what you believe, people of God. It really does matter. There was an early uh, forefather in the church whose name was Martin Luther. And this is what Martin Luther said. He said that faith sees the invisible, it believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. And then it accepts the impossible, does without the indispensable, and bears the intolerable. Boy, I, I got to work on that and put that in a rap beat. Boy, that thing would get it, huh? So Martin Luther said that way back when in the early church. But the Clark sisters, and if you're familiar with them too, they had a song, I'm looking for a miracle. And they say, I believe. Yeah, you know, all the words that are similar to this today. So while we all learned people and educated people here, there was a man whose name was Henry David Thoreau. And he says, if I seem to walk out of step with others, it is because I am listening to another drum beat. Yeah, you've been in the military. That's why we call that case. Y'all see me marching up and down. Hell, you see me marching up and down Main Street, calling that cadence and calling it out loud. You know, you got to be in step. Huh? But then there's always one individual. You know, and everybody is, hell, 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 
hell, hey, you know, and all of that, and we, we, we really, you know, we're doing it. And then there's always one that's kind of, you know. And if by chance he had family members there, I'm sure one of the family members will say, oh, look, look at Johnny over there. He's the only one in step. Everybody else is out of step. But is that truth? No, that is not true. That is not true. C.H. Spurgeon said, a little faith will take your soul to heaven, but a great faith will bring heaven to your soul. That's what we need to be that, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching it this morning. I told you I was going to preach it this morning. Uh-huh, I'm going to say it again. A uh, little faith will take your soul to heaven, but a great faith will bring heaven to your soul. Hallelujah. For all of you athletes, there is a place called the Baseball Hall of Fame, and then there is another place called the Football Hall of Fame, and then there's another place that you probably don't know anything about, and that is called the Cowboy Hall of Fame. By the way, that's in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. But this morning now we have read our text, How Thy Oughtest to Behave in the House of God or Around God's People. But let's just go a little further, and I want to add another scriptural, biblical hall of faith to these other halls of faith here today. So if you will, turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And let us look. That's past, the little past, uh, 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 the book of 1 Timothy. Timothy, Titus, I'll leave it. Hebrews, and then we got Hebrews there, right? Over my head. So as we look at this most excellent chapter, it is a classic chapter for all people of faith. And I want to, if you will allow me, to just be able to present to you some, some evidence and some facts about being people of faith. And that we have to be a faith-filled church. So here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, not only does it describe what faith is, but it also defines what faith is. It also describes and tells us what faith does. In fact, to my knowledge and recollection, here in Hebrews chapter 11, this is the only clear-cut definition of faith that we have in the Word of God. Look at verse 1. And this is what it tells us that faith means. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So that statement that we just read, a partial of that statement, faith is, not only tells us what faith is, but if you will, but it tells us what faith is not. See, you can find out a whole lot about what isn't by what is and comparing it to what is. And you can find out a whole lot about what is not by comparing it to what is. So either way. So let us look at what faith is first off. And we know this. We've, we've, you've heard this message, one of our favorites. You just tap your Bible, right? You bookmark that and it just falls open to Hebrews chapter 11. The word substance is the Greek word hupastasis. Everybody say, hoopastasis. 
Say who? <laughs> Hoopostasis. Now that's a Greek word, yeah. So now when that ever comes up again in life, you can say, oh, I know that word. Uh-huh. You'll know that word. Hoopostasis. Greek word for substance. And this speaks of the absolute assurance and certainty. The absolute assurance and, and certainty of what? What can we be assured of as people of God? What can we be certain of as people of God? We can be certain and assured of things that we hope for. That's one of the things. We have hope now, but for the future as well. We can be certain of things hoped for. So this word substance is often used uh, in the business world to describe the documents that served as a basis of a guarantee of transactions. You turn it off for me. Excuse me. Thank you. Don't be surprised if that phone rings a little bit too. <laughs> well, so if it is the substance of things hoped for, then you could say it this way, that faith is the title deed of things that we hope for. That means it is the essence, it is the content, it is the reality, as opposed to the mere appearance of something. So faith then, provides the firm ground. It is the, the, the essence and the pillar and the foundation of everything that we believe in life. And we said earlier that, uh, here it is, let me refer back to my napkin here. My God made me a promise. We are all believing God and waiting for the fulfilling of God's promises to us in our lives as people of God. Faith is the present essence of a future reality. Faith is, it is, the present essence of a future reality. Well, that's really what faith is, people of God. But by seeing what faith is, we also see what faith is not. Faith is not wishful thinking. There are a whole lot of folk. Wishing and hoping and, 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 and praying, but that's really not it. Faith is not wishful thinking. Uh-huh. Faith is not common sense. Faith is not a gut feeling. The gut, people of God, in case you don't know this, is for digestion, not for discernment. Yeah. Oh, I got this gut. Well, 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 how do you know? I got this gut feeling. Well, you better go get you some Pepto or come on over here and let me lay hands on you. <laughs> Because your gut is not for discernment. That's it. That's right. That's right. Praise God. Faith is not for facts and figures. Faith is not formed in the head. It's formed in your spirit, in the inner most spirit. In the heart, the heart, the heart. Faith is not based on what you can see or what you can't see. Faith is, it is the evidence of things, of things not seen. Hallelujah. So the word evidence is better translated conviction. We've been seeing, and you kind of follow along, we've seen some current events this week, and I'm sure you, you, there is a Senate committee, subcommittee, I don't want to get into politics and all of that today, but you've seen some of the, uh, the negativity and things that happen, you know, 
one person's truth may not necessarily be another person's truth. So the word evidence is better translated conviction because it implies a response, an outward manifestation of an inward assurance. I'm convicted in my spirit. That means I have an outward manifestation of an inward assurance. So when you see me walking and I'm, you know, just, you know, what's he smiling about? That's because I'm convicted in my spirit. I'm assured that God is in my life who he says he is and that he will do everything that he said he would do. And as a person of faith lives his or her belief out, then their life is committed to what their heart and their spirit are convinced is true. Am I? There was an evangelist and a great man of faith. His name was Manly Beasley. And Manly Beasley, he described faith as acting as if a thing is so when it is not so in order for it to be so because God says it's so. I'm, I'm giving you, I'm throwing you a whole lot of quotes this morning. Huh? Let me give you an example of that, right? You want me to say that again for you? Real fast. We've got somebody that's excellent in, 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 in taking those notes even before I can even, you know, finish the sentence. And so you'll just have to see that particular individual. I'm not going to call out any names. I'm call out no names, but if you know. In fact, I'm going to go see her and get the notes myself. The African Impala. Now that's not a Chevrolet. I didn't say I didn't say the General Motors Chevrolet Impala. I said the African Impala is one of the most powerful and graceful animals in Africa. It can jump to a height of at least 10 feet or more, and it can cover a distance of more than 30 feet in just one jump. So when I buy mine. NBA basketball team, first person I'm drafting is an African Impala. Well, you got that African Impala, you don't need nobody else. So in spite of this African Impala's great ability, an Impala can be kept in an, in an enclosure or a cage with a solid fence no more than three feet high. Just about that high, that's about three feet. Why is that so, you may say? Because impalas will not jump if they can't see where their feet will land. Wow. Yeah, I'm not finished with that yet, though. So the impalas, they walk by sight and not by faith. Now we're going somewhere here with this, right? Okay, all right. So many times we kind of, you know, kind of look, and then we, and I, I, I keep it past the door sometimes, like, she's going upstairs, and I'll, I'll get behind her, she's going upstairs, and I just put my hand on, my, on her shoulder, and I'll just kind of walk up the steps behind her, because back in the day when I was, you know, uh, when I was, you know, 
and it was really dark and we didn't know where we were going. Sometimes we would just kind of, you know, put our hands on the shoulder of the person in front of us so we would know where we were going. You know what? Many times, even the people of God are no different than the Impala. Because we will only jump where we see our feet land. <laughs> Most Christians believe God until it's time to believe God. You get a whole lot of calls from a whole lot of folk. Pastor, when you believe with me, what do you believe, God? Well, they're him and Hall. Yeah, I think I believe God. All right, well, we're going to find out then. All right, well, let's believe God. Well, I don't need to believe God right now. I just need to believe in somebody and have confidence or that conviction, you know, and I'm somebody that can help me through this situation. Well, hello, God. Almighty, he can help you. So people of God, just don't believe God until it's time to believe God. Believe God all the time. Faith is not sight of what you can see. Faith, watch this, is insight. It's insight. Insight. Insight of what he has said. Uh, that's why I love this song here. Uh, it won't stop now. Verse 6 here. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Now watch this. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There are a whole lot of folk that just have faith in faith. Their faith rests in the fact that they think they're a big somebody because they have faith in their faith. Yet there is no substance. There is no source of standard to their faith. Everything that Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary is the standard for why we have faith and we believe in him and we trust him for everything that we do. So our faith that pleases God has to rest in God and God alone. So when we literally came to God, we believe that God is, then we must believe that he is, believe that he is what? Hello, some survey says... That's right. We believe that he is who the Bible says he is. We believe that he does what the Bible says he does. We believe that he will do what the Bible says he will do. No questions asked. Case closed. So what happens then, people of God, when we trust God with reckless abandon? What happens when although we don't understand it or we can't explain it or we're not able to see it, we've got to lay hold of God's word and put him to the test? In fact, that's what he tells us in Malachi chapter 3. He said, you prove me now and see if I will not throw open the sky vault for you, pour you out a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. So the scripture here says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, I love this word rewarded. There's a Greek word for that. I'm going to tell you the Greek word, right? We're dealing with the Hebrew and with the Greek. The Greek word, Miss Thap Odyssey. And it gives us our word today. You don't know that word that I just said in the Greek, but I'm going to give it to you in the English. So it gives us our word today, and that word is salary, S-A-L-A-R-Y. 
In other words, when we trust in God, when we trust God, and when we believe that God will do what he said he will do, then he becomes our salary. Oh! If you want to get paid by anybody, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Not only in cash, but in other ways as well. I lost my handkerchief. What do I do with my handkerchief? Anybody know? All right. Ushers, don't let anybody out until my handkerchief returns. I got one here somewhere, right? Okay. That's great. Oh, wait a minute. I got it right here. Thank you. That's what happens when you got short arms and deep pockets. Thank you. I found it. Hallelujah. When we trust God, he becomes our salary. Yeah. He then begins to pay and give back our wages. Everybody likes that refund at the end of the year, at the end of the tax year when you get back. Everybody's looking forward to, well, when I get my tax refund, everybody's excited, you know. And in fact, I think if there were some analytics and there probably are some to prove it, you will see that spending goes up right about tax season because everybody knows now, you know, that they got a little reward coming back. I love that fact that God is our salary. So if we can trust God to be our salary, that means he will be our Jehovah Jireh, our Jehovah Shema. He will be our Jehovah Sidkenu. He will be everything that we need him to be. He will be our El Shaddai. El Shaddai means the breasty one, he who is more than enough. So anytime you have a situation or a circumstance in your life and you know that God is your salary, he is your rewarder, then you know that he will be everything that you need him to be whenever you need him to be just that. Amen. Amen. So then... There was a gentleman uh, that once said, it is the office of faith to believe what we do not see, and it shall be the reward of faith to see what we do believe. So now, in summary, as I summarize this, not closing out the message yet, but faith is the assurance that your desire is a reality ready to be claimed. There's some things that you desire in life, do you not? Probably you have not seen them manifested in the visible, tangible realm yet. But it's already happened in the spirit realm. So allow what happened in the spirit realm now to become a reality for you in this natural realm, in this earthly realm as well. Faith that is truly believed will be faith that is truly behaved. I love people, you know, when you say, how are they? Oh, I'm just blessed and I'm just so highly favored of the Lord. That has become one of those dreaded phrases within the body of Christ today. Because I'm truly convinced that a whole lot of people say that. I don't believe what they're saying. And if so, where's the evidence? Faith is substance. It is the assurance, the certainty of a future reality. Faith is evidence, conviction that provokes a, watch this, response. Faith should, re, should re, invoke a response out of you every time you're faced with a situation. Person of faith believes. The person of faith behaves his belief. But true faith is not a lone ranger. 
It will always be accompanied by your works. It says in James chapter 2, I believe it's in verse 20, faith without works is dead. We can't have a dead faith. We have to have a faith that is alive and well and operating. There's a list of people that begins here in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 7, and it goes on down through verse 30. I will not have time uh, to, to, to read all of that. But I want to look at verse 33 here. Verse 33 in this uh, 11th chapter of Hebrews, through faith, talking about all these people, Noah and Abraham and, 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 and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and, 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 uh, and Rahab and all of these people. It says, through faith, they all subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. If you've ever been out and about, you don't see it too much anymore, but there's, you see it during Christmas time, there's an organization called the Salvation Army. Yeah. The founder of the Salvation Army was a gentleman by the name, a godly man by the name of William Booth. And this is what he said. He said, faith and works should travel side by side, each step answering the other step, like the legs of men that are walking. And then he said that first faith, then works, and then faith again, then faith works again until they can scarcely distinguish the two that are apart. In other words, they have to be identical twins, walking and moving in concert with each other so that there is no difference between your faith and your works. One should support the other. One should support the other. Does your behavior demonstrate your faith, people of God? Does it demonstrate your belief? And if so, are you so convinced that it is revealed by what you do? Mm. There's some interesting information that I found here when I was reading over this scripture, and it's a couple of verses that are often overlooked, and I think it's necessary for me to be able to bring these back to your attention today. Let, uh, let's go back and look at verse 13 and verse 14. Verse 13 and verse 14. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced by them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And verse 14, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. So these people that we talked about, the Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, and, and, and all of these other people, they didn't get any inside information from God. They only had a promise from God. But you know what? That was enough for these Old Testament people of God. Just the promise was enough to spur them on. They were not, I'll believe it when I see it, people of God. They were so persuaded of what God promised them that they embraced it, they confessed it, and they even declared that it would be so in their lives. They are the ones, these Old Testament saints of God, they are the ones that lived without information, but an in expectation and revelation of the word of God. 
Sometimes you may not have all of the information that you need concerning a particular thing, but if you are a member of the faith-filled body of Christ, you have got to live in expectation and revelation of what God said he would do for you in his word. In every step that these Old Testament saints took, every mile that they walked, every hill that they saw, and every day they woke up, they woke up expecting the promise of God in their lives. People of God, I want you to be encouraged today. Yes, the clouds might be a little low outside right now. It might look a little cloudy, but yet the radiant light of God's word and his promises are raining down upon you. Hallelujah. So then, all of that being said, are you in expectation of the promises of God? If not, why not? Every day ought to be lived in demonstration by your behavior and your expectation of belief. Faith is living without scheming. You know a whole lot of hustlers and a whole lot of schemers out there in the street. You know some of that, right? Hmm? But faith is living without scheming. So then if a person, if they manipulate and if they are connivers and if they're liars and cheaters, they can do all of that and they can open up doors for themselves. But you know what? It is my firm conviction that they should not thank God for that promotion they got on their job. They should not thank God for whatever blessings he's poured out upon them. But we as people of God, we have to take what God said as fact. Then we've got to act upon that fact, what we believe by faith. And when we do that, watch what happens. We have God's better promise. Here in verse 40. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. What does that mean? Well, these Old Testament saints of God, they saw two mountains. They saw Mount Calvary and they saw the Mount of Olives. But they couldn't see that valley that was in between those two mountains. Uh-huh. And in that valley, believe it or not, that was the age of grace. Yes. We're living in the age of grace right now. Yes. And what those Old Testament saints of God didn't see, what they didn't know, we now know. Yeah. What they could not see in their dispensation of time, we now see because we have the New Testament. Yes. Signed and sealed in the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yes. These Old Testament saints, their faith told them that God had provided some better thing for us, which ultimately would be the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. But God's better promise to them is God's, watch it, let me say it again, so I, want you to, I don't want you to miss it now. God's better promise to them is God's best promise to us. There is good, there is better, and survey says there is best. It's all wrapped up in one person. Jesus is the best. It's all wrapped up in the person of Jesus. And he is beyond the shadow of a doubt. God's better promise. God blesses people. And it says here again in 40 that they without us should not be made perfect. 
It's not that we're any better than these Old Testament saints of God, but that they could not be made perfect without the New Testament saints of God. And not until the time when Jesus came could their salvation, salvation be complete. That's why we've got the best. We have the best. And I want to tell you the best is yet to come. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.